This week on the EXO podcast, we have Dirty Audio joining us with releases on Monster Cat, Barong Family, Welcome Records, and so many more. He has been a staple within the electronic music industry for quite some time. He's got collaborations with Flosterdramas, Nasty Music, and so many more. I was super happy to speak with him on what he's been doing during quarantine, and I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Definitely make sure to check out his new EP, Inferno out now on Barong Family. And don't forget that I have just launched my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane, where you can have the opportunity to listen to these podcasts ad-free a day before they go live anywhere else. Submit exclusive questions to each and every podcast guest. Ask them the question you've always been dying to know the answer to. Also become an EXO Patreon producer for my podcast or my radio show every week, every month, however you want to do it. Just make sure to head over to www patreon.com backslash this is lizzie jane to check out all of the tier selections we have in regards to production one-on-one lessons stems bootlegs podcast opportunities and so much more without further ado i hope you guys have a killer week and don't forget this is lizzie jane and you're tuning in to the exo podcast yo what's up andrew how are you doing today What's up? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. So are you in California? You're on the West Coast, right? I'm in LA, yeah. I'm you're in LA. In LA. Right oh boy, oh, you're in LA. Man, so how I'm, is it I'm out trying there? To move out. I'm really? trying to move somewhere new. I've been here my whole life. Oh, okay. Um, it's cool. So you didn't like move out there like for music per se. You were you've been there your whole life. Yeah. And um I feel really blessed about that. I'm like, that's sick. That's one of the things I'm super thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like tremendously helped me out with like my career choice and everything. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I don't know. I just feel like after traveling so many places, I've seen places that like really I'd love to live, just change up the environment. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you've been in this for like a fucking second. So, I mean, what has been some of your places that you've, you know, whether it's just visiting or touring or, you know, what have you, what have been some of your favorite places? Um, well, in general, my favorite yeah. place is probably like, like places that you could see yourself moving to per se, if you wanted to get out of LA. If I could, if I would move out of LA, I'd probably go somewhere like Miami. That's probably like one of my favorite places ever. Yeah, I'm in Tampa, um, so I'm only like three hours from Miami. Florida in general, I love Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Tokyo is probably one of my favorite places as well. Oh, uh, yeah. But I can't really see myself living in Tokyo or Ibiza. Um, mm-hmm. If I were to move from here, it'd probably be like Florida. Or maybe Texas. Texas is cool too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like both places that it, we're in like such a weird time right now. So I feel like a lot of people are looking at places like Florida, like Texas per se, just because it's more so giving the people who live in those states the option of what they want to do instead of like throwing everybody into one group and telling them what they want to do. Um, but you brought up Tokyo and I, when this shit is all over, the first place I am going to is Japan. When were you in Tokyo? Did you play there or was it just like a trip or? Uh, no, I've played there every time I've That's been there. I've been so there uh, three times. Last time I was there, I think was like a year. No, not a year ago. I've already lost track of time. I'm still talking right. in like beginning of quarantine mindset. Um, mm-hmm. Two years ago, damn. Okay, last time I was there was two years ago. 
And I think once things open up, I think Asia will be one of the first places to like. I agree. Be ahead of the curve just because they started this so much sooner. So I feel like yes. they're going to be so much that much quicker to get out of it. And I also feel like hygienic wise, they've always been like, you've always seen people like of their culture, like from like, you know, Asia, Japan, you know, China, wear the masks if they're sick to begin with. So it's like, not only did they like roll out everything vaccination wise, they had it all under control way before we did. We don't even have it under control. So I definitely feel like they're going to be the first people to kind of really get back to normal. But my question is like, are they going to keep their borders closed? Are they going to like allow them to be open for everybody to like come in and go out, especially if they have this under control? I think what I could see happening is like everywhere is going to either make you come in with a a COVID test, Mm -hmm. like within a couple of days or a vaccination or you have to quarantine like by yourself for like two weeks. I think that's like the most realistic um, yeah, because that's what like is happening now is when people are because I see like a lot of my friends in Australia they have like shows going on in certain parts of Australia but when yeah, they go over the border like I know and like I'm not sure but I, I believe in like Melbourne even if you go from Sydney to Melbourne you're still having to quarantine you're still having to put away that 21 days where you're in a hotel room doing absolutely nothing and that's definitely like a way to go about it, but it's just crazy from a travel standpoint because then it's like you have to put away about a month or a month and a half to just go somewhere and travel and quarantine. But going into like the the barcodes for the vaccines, I've seen some like smaller boutique festivals like Asteria and a few kind of up north that have moved their dates to like midsummer, but they're saying that you have to have like a barcode for a vaccine or a negative test. And I wonder if they're going to be able to do some shit like that on like large scale and they'll be able to do it for like Disco Donnie events or somebody like Insomniac events or if they're just going to say fuck it. And like in my mind, I think they're just going to say fuck it, but I'm not sure. I think most places are going to say fuck it just because I mean, well, I'm in LA right now and over here it's like, technically it is like that when you come into California, uh, no matter where you went, even if you went an hour away, like Arizona or Vegas or wherever, Mm-hmm. You have to fill out a, a form flying yeah. back into California, uh, basically saying you're going to self-quarantine for like, I think it was 10 or 14 days. And um, basically like what, like everywhere else is doing, but they just make you say it here and they, they don't ever check. Yeah, that. they don't like check. Cause I know they legitimately have like, they have like, quarantine hotels or whatever and they have people who go and like knock and they check up on you and like other places in the world and stuff and like i don't know i guess it's just really easy in my mind to just sign a sheet of paper and then like keep on going and living your life but also it's like the masks do work so it's like if people Mm -hmm. just wear the masks it would potentially i had like a an attending physician on who works in the icu and he's a doctor and he he's out in indiana and he's been doing stuff you know, an ICU with COVID for the last like, you know, a year now. And he said he works with 4,000 employees and only two of them have gotten COVID just simply from the fact that the mask works. Like it's been proven that it works. So if you can listen to, I guess, the specialists and the scientists and X, Y, and Z, it's potentially even safer to go about living your life and wearing the mask than being at like all your homies houses without the mask and nobody giving a fuck. And I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's two just completely different sides right now, you know? Of I do too. It's so divided. There's and like no the middle, middle ground. I don't, I'm, I feel, that's why I feel weird. Cause I'm in the middle. So like anytime I'll say anything 
my opinion about any of this stuff. I get people from both sides just attacking me. You just I'm feel like, like, like I don't say anything. Yeah, like that center in the middle of a diagram where you're just like fucked because I'm very in the middle as well. I agree with okay, this is where we are right now. As long as the vaccine rollout keeps going, we should be in a good position. I'm not saying that things might happen. There may be a mutation, there may be X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of different factors. But also you look at somewhere like Florida. And if you look just based solely on the cases compared to somewhere like LA that have taken two polar opposite approaches to how to handle the vaccine, and then you still see California double our amount of cases. So it's like, how the fuck is that shit happening? And I think it just goes down to the point where it doesn't matter where you live, people are still going to do what they want. And it's like the videos and the Snapchats and all of these things that I've seen in LA from the house parties, like people are still partying. It's not like everybody's just sitting at home doing nothing. I know that's that's the weird thing about it. Like um, people, there's still some people who are like super locked down, like who have like not left their house in a year. And then there's all the, the complete opposite of people who are like just gathering in like masses, like no masks, nothing. Yeah. They don't give a single fuck. Um, but I, I don't agree with either fully necessarily. I mean, I do, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle. Like I think we could slowly start go like functioning again as society but as long as people are respectable they're wearing their masks we're not like over packing things getting too close to each other but how long could you expect everyone to stay inside their houses especially, you can't yeah it's just like um, it's it's just like especially with how long it's been i just feel like people's capability like our breed is designed to socialize with one another and especially you look at our industry and we're used to so many of us are living in like studio apartments studio whatever we're living with a shit ton of roommates and we're traveling all the time and then you take all of that away and you're at home and you're like holy fuck like my whole life has kind of been flipped upside down and that's with a lot of different people in in any type of like field or industry and uh yeah it's just kind of in my mind it's like a ticking time bomb before really people just don't give a fuck and i think there's this like window of opportunity right now to set an example of at least like i would rather have somebody be open and have like security guards there or testing at the front or X, Y, and Z and have people like surveillancing these people coming back into society to make sure it's being done right. Opposed to it just giving to this level of like, fuck it. And people just doing whatever underground raves, house parties, and no one's wearing a mask or doing anything anywhere. Cause that's how it would really spread to like this mass event. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, agree with the like underground, like, those warehouse, these illegal raves and stuff, mm-hmm. but there needs to be precautions taken. There needs to be, there obviously needs to be regulations and guidelines, but I think we need both of those types of people for society. Honestly, like um, we need the people who are just going to stay locked away at home, just not go out. Cause they're obviously saving a bunch of lives. There's different, everyone has different circumstances. Yeah. You know, some people have family Correct. that could be very impacted by this or have already been impacted by this. So definitely we need those types of people because they're saving the world. And then we need the people who are also pushing to go out and are not that on that side of the spectrum because they're the, ultimately the ones who are like starting society back up. Mm-hmm. We need people to like um, innovating society back into like functioning because this isn't going to last forever. And a lot of people are just completely going out of like, work because of this like there's the point of no return you know i've been i can only talk on my industry because it's the only industry i work in but 
a lot of promoters, um, they're suffering like, like really bad. A lot of artists are suffering. So I think this has been a time to adapt. I did a lot of things this quarantine that like, um, or during this pandemic that now that things are going to start going back to normal, <clears throat> I've like already set up so many different like revenue streams to the point where it's like, I probably wouldn't have thought to do it <clears throat> if everything was going normal. Mm-hmm. And now that it's like going back, I'm like, I have like a whole new mindset on just life and work and business. It's like, wow, like I could be doing so much more than just what I've been doing just because I got comfortable or it was all I had time to do. Cause it eats up all your time. You make music all day, you DJ, like, it's your life at that point. You don't have time to be doing much else if you're doing it full time. So the chances I got a breather, I've done so many different things that it's been like, I'm happy now that things are starting to go back to normal and I have different revenue streams. I don't have to just really rely on shows. Absolutely. And it's, it's crazy. Cause it's like, especially in our industry, most people who are doing this full time, a huge percentage of their main source of income are shows. And that's just how our industry is ran, Um, especially with the percentages of what we make on our music now, X, Y, and Z. We just don't make music that's getting enough streams to make a very, very good living, well-revenued off of. And it's wild when I kind of have had this conversation with other artists, other industry professionals, when we take our skill set and we take it out of electronic dance music or out of this music scene, we we turn around and we say, okay, what else can we do to make money from this? And we have such a broad array of skills to make good money off of. And it's like, I feel like we get in this mindset where it's like, we're making music all the time. We're traveling, we're DJing, we're doing guest mixes, we're doing podcasts. And that takes up so much time, but we're in this circle because that's our passion. But when we kind of get out of that circle and we realize how we can potentially make a hell of a lot more money using the same skill set in a different field. It's like pretty amazing. And I think a lot of people have the same thing on their heads as you do now, where we're all ready to get back into it. But it's going to be amazing to see how you may see some people not tour as much because they have these other revenue streams in. And it seemed like people would just kind of like dig themselves in a hole from touring all year round, all seasons. And you can only do that so much before your body's like, okay, you got to give me a fucking break. And it's going to be interesting to see with like all of these DJs and artists and managers and agents having these different streams of revenues, whether it's stocks or lessons or your Patreon or what have you, uh, how they're going to kind of jump back into that scene of touring. And if it's going to go like balls to the walls or if they're going to kind of start to space things out as shit gets back to normal. I don't know. I feel like I feel like obviously Florida and Texas aren't a good example, but once you get places like New York or Chicago starting to do the same shit and like New York open stadiums up and inside dining and a few other things at capacity on the 23rd of February. And if that can keep going, I just feel like it's a matter of time before you're going to see everybody just kind of lift up those gates and it's going to go just as quickly as it left. I agree. Um, But it's, you know, it's, I feel like a lot of it has been ego as well. Cause I mean, um, mm-hmm. when you're DJing and like producing, you have, you have like, as an artist, you kind of had like, or personally, I had like this little mentality where it's like, Oh no, I don't want to be doing that. I want to be like, I'm an artist. I don't like, it's, it's not good for my image or whatever it may be. But then I was like, why am I limiting myself and like all my abilities and my life, my livelihood? Like there's so much like, things I could be doing with my skills that could be bringing in so much extra revenue or whatever it may be. But I was like limiting myself. 
for this imaginary like ego to like please others and then once you, i mean this whole situation made me realize okay like if i'm not out playing shows i'm not making as much money so it made me kind of like start thinking like okay what's gonna happen when i'm like in my 50s 60s like i'm not gonna be out touring and stuff yeah. so i need to like figure out what i'm really capable of in life and like be obviously i'm a full-time musician i'm gonna, gonna be but just figure out future things and just life past like my 40s 50s yeah definitely i mean it's something that we just live in such like a short attention span short-term thinking kind of world from social media to you know a bunch of other facets and like what are some of the things if you don't mind talking about them that you kind of have gotten yourself wrapped up in throughout quarantine that now you can like depend on as a revenue stream because i'm sure a lot of like artists and people kind of scratching their head doing the same thing trying to figure it out right now would love to hear you know what other people are doing uh i mean <clears throat> people have been asking me that and when i do tell them this i've been hearing fuck that a lot so um, but <laughs> no, i've been ghost producing a lot for, i've been doing a lot of ghost producing and a lot of people are like nah fuck that like i would never ghost produce um but ultimately i I'm a musician, so I have like so many demos sitting around that yeah. I make that don't get signed because sometimes they're not good enough, in my opinion, or um, they're just not, they don't fit like, the vibe my project is at the moment. So I'm able to just sell those songs and like make really good money off of you it. You can make just really good it money off of being a ghost producer. You can make really good money. And it's like, I have friends. There's a there's a house down in Sarasota that used to be like this production house. And they were just four guys. They weren't DJs. They just made music for people around the clock. And it's like, people don't understand how many people are really ghosted for. It's a huge part of our industry. And like, people want to turn a blind eye. Be like, oh, no, dude, I would never do that. Yo, they are some of the highest profitable people in our industry when it comes to straight up music making. And, and like, dude, it's like, I look at it and I'm like, like, get your fucking bag. There's so many people. And I don't really, I can't wrap my head around why you would want to do this, especially throughout a time of like quarantine when we're not playing. But like, that just doesn't make sense to me. It's like throwing like money out the fucking window. But those people are still there. And especially when everything comes back, I just feel like before COVID hit, we were in such not an oversaturation, but there's such an influx of people who want to do this, who don't really recognize and realize the time and commitment and like never ending long-term kind of marathon you have to run to do this alone, let alone coming into this and not having any production knowledge or music theory knowledge or not having like not knowing how to do any of this shit. Yeah. Like if I had like mom and dad's money or if I had like another source of income and I had no idea how to do this and I just wanted to do it, fuck yeah, I would get a ghost producer. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just like, there are those people out there and you're using your skill set to do that. It's just like how I know who people do like the jingles and they do the stupid shit for commercials and they like put them through a publicist. There's so many ways to utilize your skills to make money off of music that has nothing to do with DJing and releasing on big labels. Yeah, honestly. Um, and that's the funny thing now. It's like we get show offers and I think I'm like, no, I don't want to do that right now because it's like I could make more sitting in my room for a day versus like having to go like haul ass or like something doesn't even make sense like mm-hmm. and long term I mean, 
you're going to get, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, long-term, it's going to fucking help you because then now you don't have to take every show that comes your way. Now you get to pick and choose and you're like, man, that's a fucking killer lineup. I'm going to take this because it's going to be great for my image. It's going to be great for my brand. Not, oh, I got to take this fucking shithole of a venue offer with a 100 capacity cap just because I really need the fucking money. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a whole other, like, like literally a whole other job. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that. Um, we've been doing a lot of like endorsement deals and like um, brand partnerships during this, which I hadn't really done before, but That's now it's cool. pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. How does that work? What are some of the brands that you're, if you can talk about it? Like, I would love to be walked through that process because we're starting to go through that um, brand sponsorship wise. And, and I would like love to hear your experiences with some of the brands. Uh, well, the first one we did was G Fuel. Um, okay. That was really dope. They're like a, like an energy drink, um, like for kind of for gamers, but that was awesome. That was the first one. Um, one of them was this weed company, uh, like a, a dispensary, the artist tree, okay. uh, a more recent one, which actually I'm in the middle of, uh, is Puma. Um, and That's all of huge. them really, That's huge. Yeah, yeah, I'm really happy about that. Um, I'm like really proud of that. And I, most of them just really come from me being me, you know? Um, a lot, I mean, I don't, I've never reached out to companies like for partnerships or endorsements or anything. And then now all these companies, like they pay me to like use the products, to promote the products and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's been beautiful, honestly. And it's, again, it's been from me being me, you know, like I, I just, I smoke weed all day. So this weed company, like they saw that like, perfect match uh puma like again i'm always just like in my photos and everything i'm i love like fashion i love uh like streetwear and all that mm-hmm. so i think you know a lot of brands they see that like obviously aside from puma there's a lot of brands that just dm me and stuff on instagram they'll be like yo let's send you clothes and stuff but they're not paying me those companies so i don't promote them yeah but i'll still rock them i mean but again it comes from just me being me on my social media just being real like not putting up a facade. I think people could see that and they could respect that. Well, I think way too many people do that nowadays. So it's like, there's this very fine line between like, are you you or are you like this image that you're building that like your true self doesn't really hold to it? I just feel like there's a difference. It's so exhausting. When I first came in the game, I was like trying to fit into like the DJ, trying to be like that cookie cutter DJ. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, no, it's not even me. It's like so exhausting. I'm looking back at shit like, it's cringing at posts and stuff. I'm like, no, you know what? I think when I really just started to be myself and just um, not put up this like image and stuff is when my social media started growing a lot more. Like people could see it. People could see through the bullshit. I think people aren't dumb. The fans aren't dumb. You know, like you're like corny, bullshitting, putting up this fake image all the time on social media. They're going to see through that. It's not genuine. Yeah, it's it's not. And it's always like, my whole thing. Cause I, I struggled with that too. I was like, dude, cause it was like, damn dude. Like I hate fucking having to post these stupid trendy things. I hate having to do the retweets of the, like the little, the little facades. And, and I was like, man, I may not get as many fucking likes or get whatever, but 
eventually the right people who fuck with me will fuck with me and that will grow. It's just being patient and just allowing time to pass and you being consistent. But it's very easy to be consistent with your content and with your music and all the other shit if you're being yourself. It's hard to be consistent if you're trying to be like somebody else or you're trying to fit in this mold that you think people want to see you fit in. And like, that's like the most thing that I hear just so many new artists get wrapped up in is like, they have to hang with this crew over there and they have to only fuck with this label and, oh, you're too small for me. So I'm not going to fucking retweet your shit. And I just like, I don't know. Like, I hope, I hope as, as shit starts to open up and we start to progress, I think there's some really cool new like collectives and groups of artists that have really come together and like bonded throughout quarantine. And I just hope that will keep like pushing forward when festivals come back and it doesn't go back to like the same bullshit that it was like. I think like one of, like speaking on that, one of my favorite parts of like this whole uh, quarantine and stuff has been, um, the fact that I haven't had to go out like all of my off weekends to like all the shows in LA or just mm-hmm. constantly meet up with like hang out with people. There's like so much fakeness um, yeah. as well. Like, you know, like a lot of artists you know, while they're coming up, they'll just kind of hang out with you, use you, pretend to be your friend and they'll pass you and you'll never hear from them again. Or like certain people that like give you a smile in your face. And then like later on you hear like they're talking shit or something about you. Like, a lot of fakeness. I mean, it's kind of like this DJ community, the DJ game is music, I should say, not DJ. The music game is kind of like, feels like high school again, where it's like a lot of clicks, like people just like click with each other. It literally like, is. It is high school. And then like they all have like the same like bots and everything. So like they'll attack the same groups of people or like same like uh, hate certain things um, or love certain things. But that's the thing. That's why like now it's been cool. Like it's just allowed me to just re- reset I have my own circle. I don't have to like hang out with people that I don't feel necessarily real or have like good interests. So it's just been really, um, yeah, it's just been focusing on myself, music, the people That's so around much me, healthier for you yeah. as like an individual too. And I found myself like doing the same thing because I can't even imagine because like I'm in Tampa and we have like a scene here, but we got like one main venue, like a lot of like cities and that's about it. And, um, but with your experience in LA, like since you didn't move out there and you were just always there, like tell me how it was for you to come up in that scene. Because I've just always heard like mixed reviews of LA in general. You have to play the networking game, but you also have to make sure you're doing the work. And there's just so many of you. So it was, was it just by the fact that you were raised there that you kind of got thrown in with the right people when it was time? Or did you just kind of have to factor through a bunch of bullshit as well and like find your own crowd of people? That's the that's actually the crazy part because um I didn't plan or like go like I didn't plan to become an artist or a DJ or a producer um I think it really just happened because I was in LA and around the right people um <clears throat> well I obviously started going to clubs and um I went started young because like again everything is out here so like at like fifteen sixteen I was already like sneaking into that's clubs so festivals yeah. <laughs> and then by the time I was like legally like I wasn't even legal enough to get in there um already like just by going and being such a fan i was just making like remaking like the genres that i liked at the time putting it on soundcloud and this was probably what like maybe 2000 early like 2009 10 11 i was just like putting little bootlegs uh shitty music i was making online 
And then one thing led to another. I, I had a friend. I made friends at these clubs. I, was, I wasn't thinking of networking because you were I making was, real was friendships. So excited, yeah. I was yeah. like hyped that these people were giving me time of day. Because in high school, I wasn't like cool or popular or anything. So like, and I go to these clubs, and everyone's showing love. It's all like, whoa. So I was just happy that people were like, I was connecting with people. Um, so I was going to these clubs. I was meeting people, and then. They saw that I was DJ, I was a DJ. I was making music, but it wasn't like a serious thing. Um, I didn't have a name. I was like DJ Drew back then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then I, I went to a studio. I remember one time. Um, and then, well, actually, I remember Dioro. He, he found me on like he was doing a live stream, and I ended up just like he was doing calls. He was calling fans, and then I he ended up calling me because I was like a fan in there, and I I said the, the code word like with the number. And he called and then he's like, yo, like, like, yo, check out my music while I'm on the stream. Like, I know it's like super corny, but just check it out. I think I'm pretty good. And then he checked it out and he's like, yo, this is actually really sick. And then after that stream, he texted me. He's like, yo, come by my studio this week. And then he, no way. That's he really like showed me like, um, he introduced me to his management, his agents and stuff. And then they were like, yo, your stuff is actually dope. I'm like, seriously? Uh, I was like, okay. So I started like, that, that was kind of like kickstarted my career. I had a manager and an agent. And then so there was like some, a billion studios over here. And at the time, um, my friend, he owned one of the studios. And then at that studio, I remember one day I pulled up and it was like 12 Planet, Loud Pack, uh, Brills at the time, Gladiator, and like wow. a couple more people. And then just from that studio session, just like us just hanging out, smoking weed at a studio once. I made, I became like really good friends with all of them. And we started hanging out like every day. And just from that point on, like all these little victories constantly, one thing led to another, one thing led to another. That's and I graduated wild. high school and I'm like, damn, I'm already touring full on. Like I have like a whole career. Like do I go to college now and like just throw this away? Or do I just keep doing what I love? And I just ran with it. So I didn't really like plan for it. I wasn't like, going out networking every weekend, everything. I was literally just hanging out with my friends. And since they were growing at the time, like that was when all of them started popping off. So their success was like, like, first of all, it was rubbing off on me because I was surrounded by them. So I was like, yeah. I was like, I had to keep up like how yeah. hard they were going. Like their music was amazing, everything. So I was just kind of mimicking what I was seeing, what I was surrounded by. And then it turned into a career. And I obviously, once I became a career, that's when I started really pushing and like, Mm -hmm. working networking and all that but what got me into it in the first place and like started this career like was literally just relationships i feel like that's like a really like rare story that you hear nowadays with like up and comers because it's like uh i just feel like it's there's so many people now that it's very hard logistically unless you're in like the right time right place or you know somebody to be in the studio with with you know all the people that you just named but at that time, the scene was a different place. And I think it was totally a, a takeaway from that is like true friendships. And you really just like fucking around with people who you would fuck with, whether they were in music or not, is going to do you better long term than being fake as fuck. And I just feel like everyone is so fake now that like you almost can't tell who's real. And then like you'll become friends with somebody and then they'll be like, they'll turn out to be a different person. And you're like, damn, like we would have never 
got along to begin with. And now I just feel used. And I feel like that's how so many people feel. And it's kind of like the rotation over and over again. But that's like super fucking dope that you kind of just had that all come to fruition. That's very rare. Like I've never It was really meant to be. Like it's all part like God's plan, I feel like because literally just the way what life took me down that path. I didn't plan for it. And um I think what the main takeaway is really is um you gotta build like focus on building relationships, not like networking, like not kissing ass, like not just becoming friends with somebody because of their status, but like really actually becoming friends with people. Um, Cause if you're in this industry, I mean, it can't just be straight work. You want to be able to like the people you work with, everything you want to be like some sort of friendship. Obviously there's a fine line you don't want to cross, but you need to enjoy, you need to have friendships. First of all, the people you surround yourself with is so important as well, because um, again, I was around so many hardworking, motivated people that it really forced me to do that. Cause if I didn't, they wouldn't want to hang out with me. Like, Absolutely. You want to be the one like odd guy out. I mean, you're surrounded by that many people working their asses off doing something like you just, it's going to rub off on you. Absolutely. But right I- now as well, it's like, it's easier as because there's all the social media and stuff. So now you can connect with Twitters and Instagrams. Um, but, but it's different yeah. than in person though. Yeah. I, I like, am like a big phone call, like face to face person. And yeah. and that is something that I feel like has diminished because I mean, even if you go collab wise, like I could collaborate with somebody from freaking Asia right now and it'd be at the drop of the hat done. And you don't have to be in the studio with them. You don't have to be doing X, Y, Z. So like, it was a much different time then where it's like, if you all, I feel like having so many people with such creative mindsets in a studio, like I always think one mind or more minds are better than one. So it's like the amount of ideas flowing. And also just the fact that like my personal goals, and this is the same with a lot of people. And you were put in that position where you're just surrounded with everybody who's more successful than you. And you're like, damn, yeah. I got to get my fucking shit together. But I rather I have sure it least that. Successful. Yeah, but I'd rather have it that way than be like a big fish in a small sea, you know? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Uh, I've been in both situations and I can agree with you there. You definitely want to be like the small guy. and You want to be like the smaller one in the room because, again, if I wasn't with those people, I learned so much as far as production because they were, we were always producing. We are always sharing tips and tricks. Um, just the people that have around, you know, whether it's they were bringing managers, agents around, I was meeting them you know, and then the, just the conversations we'd have, the plans, everything, like, which trade sample packs always, just all of that, just having like a community, or not even a community, if you can't have a community, because obviously gives people out, like living in other parts of the country and stuff, but even online, like I'm in a lot of Twitter, like group chats and stuff now, where it's just like a bunch of people from all around the world, a lot of dope artists, like, yeah, and, like sharing our sample packs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, I think is really stepping up your game and being motivated. I think as long as you're motivated, you get your shit together. It's a decision. A lot of people have to make, but obviously for some people they're surrounded by people like that. So they don't even think about it. It's just second nature to just be doing it. But, um, if you're working your ass off and you're motivated, you're actually like fascinated by what you're doing. I think you'll get somewhere. I just feel like it's patience and like matter of time. And like a lot of people yeah. just don't understand the concept of like patience. And and you see all these people and you've been in this game a lot more, a lot, lot longer than I have. And like, you see these people pop up 
and you're like, damn, dude, like they've come from fucking nowhere. Like, how the fuck are they on these tours? How the fuck did they just get signed? Da, 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 da. And it's like, sometimes I feel like it is connections and like those those usually don't last because they're done out of favors. They're not done out of actual interest for like the content. But then the people who I see who they're like, oh, they just came out of nowhere. But then you do your due diligence and they've been producing and releasing songs for fucking six years, you know? And I feel like that's something I see more common than otherwise. And they go through a rebrand, they go through whatever. And it's just kind of like having that persistence to keep going and like looking at yourself instead of blaming the things around you when shit isn't going the way that you want to go. Like, okay, this may not be working for me. Like, what the fuck do I need to change to get where I need to go? Absolutely. Like, um, I do like a lot of reading and stuff. And like, I've read a lot of books. It's like, like those self-development books and all that. Yeah. But you always have to like take accountability for things in life, you know, whether it's success or failure or whatever it may be. If you blame it on yourself rather than blaming it on others, like, you, you can actually make change. You can actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's also a fine line, you know, like, there is the persistence aspect to it, but you have to be able to like realize after a certain amount of time that certain things may just not be working because it's just not it. Yeah. But, like you got to be able to reevaluate and adapt. Um, I see a lot of people like I've had friends who just did not want to change. Like they didn't want to adapt to like, Cause you have to do some adapting, you know, like you can't just do it all your way, anything in life, everything in life. You're going to have to do some shit. That's like, makes you you uncomfortable or you don't want to do or deal with people you don't want to deal with sometimes, you know, like, um, it's life in general. Um, so you have to learn how to adapt and you have to learn what you have to figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are. Sometimes a lot of people, they, they don't want to switch maybe the the style of music they're doing. They don't want to like adapt it to more current um or they don't want to change their brand or you know whatever it may be the hard-headedness is not good you have to understand that some things may not work and you have to try other things but obviously there's like the persistence aspect to it sometimes things do catch on after a while but um usually when the things that do catch on after a while they do have some type of success in the beginning you know like you could actually do get like a little hint like okay this will pop up or this will work but some things it's like you're not getting any feedback or reaction or anything. Like you just try something else after a while. It's like, it may be beating a dead horse. Yeah. Um, it's like that. Gut and like your life may too. change. Your life yeah. could change. Like, um, I was producing electro house before I started making trap. And, um, no way. I, wasn't I had no music. idea. That's fucking wild. Okay. And then I, once I made that switch, my whole life changed. Um, I was always like, in this mindset it's like oh i'm not like worthy to make that music because they're gonna think like oh i'm coming from a different genre i'm just like trying to ride a wave or whatever mm-hmm. i was like no fuck that i prefer that music to listen to it why am i like doing something else right now Absolutely. once i started doing that once i started making what i want to make um things started working like i thought i was gonna like probably throw the towel if i kept making electro house and big room because it wasn't going where i wanted it to go it, it was like plateauing I was kind of just getting lost in the the crowd. Like I was just another, yeah. like trying to be like a pretty boy EDM DJ, you know, like, yeah. you know, like dressing the same as them, like doing my hair, the same, everything I was trying to like mimic. And then I was like, let me try doing it my way, but from everything I've learned and applying mm-hmm. my way to what I have learned. So you got to have a combination of Definitely. what is working out there in the world and what you want to do. You got to be unique. Ultimately, you can't just mimic what's going on. And that's why I feel like long-term, like 
work, but, but you wouldn't be doing what you were doing. I feel like if you didn't go through that phase of trying to be like other people, you know what I'm saying? Like you had to go through that phase of like, okay, this is what's working for this person. I'm trying to do this, but it's not working for me. So let me see what I want to do and, and learn lessons from them or learn lessons from my failure here and put the five things together. And now we'll move forward. So I feel like it's all just kind of like a level up and like a pile on from everything else you've experienced. Yeah, because at the time I was literally like mimicking Dioro because he was my mentor. So yeah. I was like, okay, I have like my mentor here. If I do everything he did the same way, I'm going to be that successful as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, uh, you can't really retrace the paths to success from somebody else. You know, everybody has their own path. Like I was trying, I was trying to make the same music as him. I was like trying to like, well, he was my best friend. He's still, he's really my great friend. So like, I was like, I was tr- like, not trying to talk, like act like him, but you know, like I'd have like the same similar like persona on social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they, all these people like me in the first place because I am who I am, not because yeah. of my social media image and stuff. So I'm like, let me be myself. Cause that seems what everyone was like clicking with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they like me because of who I am, like my real personality. So then I started being myself, started making the weird music I wanted to make. But again, I had to apply it to everything I already knew because if yeah. I were to just do it from straight from left field, I don't think I would have done it right. Yeah, you have no, to absolutely. fail to succeed sometimes. I think the best like gains come from like very low moments, like very low the biggest kind of moments like come after those failure. Always. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, all the time. And and so you really have been going nonstop for like what what like eight, nine, ten years, pretty Something much. Like that, yeah. Something like that, and then. When COVID came around, like last year at this time, when you were starting to talk to your team and when you were starting to do what, like what was going through your head? Were you like, holy fuck, like this is going to be a huge change? Or were you like, nah, this shit ain't going to happen? And then it like happened. At the beginning of COVID, um, it was weird because I had taken a bit of a break before that to kind of just recalibrate my mind where I want to, where I want my career like the direction mm-hmm. get kind of like transitioning through teams as well. Like basically in the beginning of COVID, I hired a new manager. Andrew, um, right? Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He, he's awesome. Honestly. I, like I love him. Um, so right. And like as COVID started, I released my first song I had released in like probably what, six months, seven months. I took in like a month off. And then I was like, cool, I'm ready to start touring again. Let's go. Pump out music. Yeah. I had like all these release dates, all these like bangers set up, ready to go. So I'm like, all right, let's start touring. And then literally that came out like a, a week or two before like shit started hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. Like you started like one thing got canceled. You're like, okay. And another thing got canceled. You're like, what? And then everything's canceled. And then now we're like, like in, in the middle of a pandemic. Like, okay. So, but really what I did was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm really going to take that time. I feel like some of the biggest music and biggest moves that I've like made have come as a result of me working my ass off during that time, mm-hmm. like beginning of COVID till now, you know, um, I had a, a collab with Flostra Damas. Yes. And we started that in 2018, maybe 2019. And it okay. kind of just died. Not, it didn't die, but like it, it never got, we never put it out. It never got released. So, and it happens a lot, you know, sometimes you make collabs with people and like, or even your own songs and they don't come out. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay. Um, I FaceTimed them at the beginning of quarantine. I'm like, look, we got all this extra time on our hands. 
like I'm gonna revive this collab. Let's make it like something crazy now. We have like yeah. extra time. Um, he's like, sick, let's do it. And then so like that would have never even happened if quarantine ever started. Yeah. So then with from that, I went, found the old project file. I like made a whole new version of it. I sent it to Kurt Foster Damas. He like completely changed it. Um, and then we had a whole new song. And then um I had put out like an EP during that time, a bunch of music, just like a bunch of stuff. Like yeah. these skates back to like and a good thing was that I feel like a lot of artists had this men- my, like mentality that like we don't want to put out music or good music at least. People still have that mentality. Still a year later, dude. It's a year so later. So um, stupid. A lot of people are not putting out music or good music for that matter um, because they're trying to wait to save it, to tour it or whatever. But I never I never thought like that. That like thought never no. even, like, crossed my mind. I was like, I need to put out more music right now because everyone's at home. This is the time music. to put out music, to like i.e. like prove yourself in this music game I feel like is now because you're not having to compete with all the people on big agencies or all the other festivals or all the other tours going on. People are just looking at their social media and they're just trying to find new music. Yeah, even even me personally, like I'm dying for new music. Like I love rap music every day. I check for like new rap music to listen to. So how has it been in that genre? Have people been putting out music in like rap genres at all or have they been kind of holding on everything? I think that's why I had my mindset because right when this happened, all my favorite rappers started pumping out albums, like not even uh, singles. Like okay. They started pumping out albums of like some of the best music of, the, of of theirs, I feel like. So I was like, okay, I always try to like take notes from like other genres and Absolutely. stuff. So I'm like, okay, they're doing all this. DJs and producers are not putting shit out right now. Um, now it's perfect time. Like literally, I just saw an opportunity and I took it. No one's releasing music, so I'm gonna be in everybody's face if I put this music out right now. Um, and then also, I was like, regardless, what what are we gonna do? You're not gonna put anything out or anything good out until the end of quarantine. There's no date that like when this is gonna be done. People are gonna, probably gonna forget about you because there's gonna be so many Literally, people releasing music behind until then. the curve. That's where these people will be. The my my thing of it is like if you're in the top five percent, like big 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 names. No, you don't have to put music. Yeah, been there for over a decade. You know, there's there's certain levels that like y'all can do what the fuck you want, and they're still probably gonna put out an album when everything's back to normal. You know, it's not like they're not working. But for people in like even your level compared to like where I'm sitting at, I think if you've decided to not put out music right now, you are going to be so behind when we are back to normal. I don't know. I mean, if you see a flame, you got to just keep the fire going. Mm-hmm. If you let the fire cool off, the food's going to cool off and people are going to yeah. be interested anywhere. Yeah. No, that's literally a great fucking analogy for it. And it's like, there's also like, I know you do a lot of stuff with like Barong and, and other labels independent wise as well, but there's so many dope new like labels and collectives that have just popped up in this time. So it's like, if you're an up and comer, or if you like just feel like you're a, you're a bigger artist and you don't, find a home and a very big label to put your shit out there's so many new labels out there that are looking for music that are looking to support you and it's like now more than ever too you could put out some weird like left field shit because you're not in clubs for the most part you can put out stuff that has this shelf life that's debatably longer than just like a club banger yeah absolutely and a big thing as well is I've released on a lot of labels this past year, a lot of like dope labels. Yeah. And a lot of them, I feel like the thing is they haven't been receiving the demos or like they haven't been releasing amazing, 
getting receiving amazing demos like they normally do. You know, a lot of their artists are either not producing right now or waiting to save their music. So these labels need music to release as well. So when they're hitting me up, I'm like, hell yeah, I got music. Like, let's put it out. Like, yeah, big opportunities. Like, you can't sleep on it. Who's who, like, who knows if that label is going to be interested in my demos after the quarantine or whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I'm just like a believer of like, don't sleep on opportunities. Um, don't blow, like, don't get too big for your head. Um, I, I've just, all my demos, like I didn't save any of them. I've just been pumping them out. Like, no, and like you I can always make more. Enough. Yeah. And exactly. That's one thing. I'm going to have so much more music, obviously, because I've never, like, why am I going to stop? I've never had that mindset. Like, again, I can see why people are doing it because they have great music and they want to tour it. And it could be opportunity lost for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's really on your mindset. Like if I wasn't releasing all this music right now, doing all the things I'm doing, who's to say that I'd be getting all the opportunities I'm getting right now, like these endorsement deals, just production deals, everything like it's happening because I'm in front of people's face every day. You know, I'm not just sitting quiet waiting for shit to go back to normal. I'm putting music out. I'm putting content out, like staying active. So if you go on Instagram, you're going to remember because you saw me today, like versus like, think about all the people that were just about to blow up right before quarantine. There were so many about to be on the festival runs for the first time and everything. First time. Yep. I feel like a lot of those people probably took a lot of damage from this. Um, But as well, like if they stop, a lot of them just stopped releasing music. So it looks like they just kind of fell off. They're going to lose their opportunity. They're going to have to restart that momentum again. And it's not going to be the same shit when you start back up music. I've been in this game long enough that like I've learned things are always changing, whether it's like the rules or the, the style, everything. I'm like, maybe the styles aren't even going to be hot by the time quarantine's done. Why am I going to wait? Like it might, that might be a bigger waste than putting it out now. And then right now there's still people playing their radio shows. You're going to get your song in a lot of radio shows. Um, like all the big DJs, they still have their big radio shows. So like, yeah, they all have their shit on Sirius XM. They all have exactly. Exactly. So I just think people should not be waiting and saving music. I think you should be pumping it out right now. I agree. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, dope releases you're excited for? That's like coming up on the books that you can maybe drop some info about. (laughs) Uh, I got a lot of solo shit. I have um, collabs with Ricky San. Hell yeah. Yellow Claw. Um, Billy the Kid is new, he's up and coming. Billy, Billy, old Billy Zig. I talk to him all the time because he's one of Andrews now. So yeah, he, yeah. so we met in New York when I played in New York once, and he's really good friends of Mike. You know Plasma. He did a remix for you. Yeah. So yeah. he lives down the street from me. So we all used to hang out all the time. So I'm I was so fucking happy when I saw him go through the rebrand, and then he had that big remix for Apache, and he's just gonna like start fucking killing shit. He's so talented. He's so talented and he's such a dope dude. He's one of my good friends. So Very I like working with people that are actually homies or I get along with or mm-hmm. people I actually support versus just like those, um, you know, just, just based yeah. off of just numbers or just because of like a uh, relationships or whatever. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's like shitty. favors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like working with people. I actually genuinely like. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, and it's going to make like a better outcome and product too. Like if you're forced to sit in the room with somebody and make something when like you don't even vibe with their style or you don't vibe with them personally, it's going to show like through the music, it's going to show through like all of that. So, so yeah, no, that's fucking sick. And you do work really close with Barong and like Barong's been in the scene for a fucking minute. So like, do you just like, did you find a home with them just because of your simple style of music? Or did you just like, like the family itself and the vibe or kind of overall? Um, probably a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Before I, I got with Barong, it was this weird period where like, uh, I think almost every label was passing on my demos for like okay. a good year for some reason. Um, I don't know what it was, but right like towards the end of that, Barong kind of came in the picture and they basically picked up almost all of my demos that people were passing on and they were, and they turned out to be all dope big records. And then I was like, damn, like they're showing me so much love right now at a time where like people were were not showing me love. Um, and I remembered that. And then as well as that yellow claw, I've always like, when I came into the game, like I've always looked up to them as far as like, they've always been like, at the top of like mm-hmm. bass trap you know like they've always. always been and they've always been dope and cool you know they've never been on some corny shit so you know weirdo shit like they've always been cool and i've always thought that they're just their brand the way they are they carry themselves their music everything is su- super cool so then they started really showing me love and supporting me um and i'm really appreciative of that because like i needed that um Fuck yeah good ever since then like once that started happening, like they gave me the momentum, the push I needed and like, and then every label wanted my shit. So now, but it's like, I remember that they were the ones that really saved, not saved me, but like showed me love in a dark time where like people weren't fucking with my music, I guess, or la- I guess labels didn't want my music just because maybe I don't, I think back, I don't know. Cause a lot of the demos that got passed on a lot of those same labels picked them up. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Well, it's just interesting to me because I feel like you see it, you see people and you're like, you know, nobody's interested in it. Nobody's interested in the demos, but it's like an avalanche. And it's like, it only takes one important person or one label or one X, Y, and Z to be interested in you to start this avalanche of like other labels who now want your music and other people who want to collaborate with you. So it's cool that you're kind of still very faithful to the people who put you on when a lot of people pass. Cause I think a lot of people don't do that and they like use certain people as stepping stones and they're like, Oh, well you like now, but this is the people who I want to fuck with me. And like to have that loyalty is something that I think a lot of like artists should either be better at or up and coming artists should pay attention to because not everybody's always going to give you a chance. I think you just worded it like way better than me. I think you like nailed it because it's like really a lot of label. I think that's exactly why a lot of labels were passing on my stuff at the time because I didn't, I had taken such time off and cooled down that I didn't have that heat and momentum at the moment, which is basically what every label or show like promoter is what they're looking for. Yeah. You need to have momentum, hype, heat. And at the time I was lacking that and they helped me get my momentum and heat back, you know, uh, my confidence, everything. And they, again, the momentum thing, because once I started releasing with them, everything started blazing again. And then that's when all the labels started wanting to jump back in. Once like they saw the momentum was back and the ball was rolling. Yeah. So, but then I, I'm like, cool. They, they fucked with me. Even when I, like my momentum and my heat was kind of cooled off and they helped me get back to where I needed to be. 
So That's I'm thankful and I appreciate them so much. Yeah. So I'm always going to show Barong love. Always. The and yellow I think claw, they're awesome. Like they're, they're very like oh, personal, yeah. you know, like a lot of the things that have happened have been because, um, they've either personally either texted each other or DM'd and like, or some of the stuff just from the label side as well. But the label side stuff is, comes from them too. So absolutely. Just that whole team, the Barong, yellow clock team, they're amazing. Yes. Well, it's really good to hear that like you have that kind of relationship with a label that's like very like home to you because I feel like that's like a double-edged sword a lot of the time is because these labels and like these talent buyers and promoters only want to kind of like grab at people who have that momentum, but that momentum means that like you as an artist and like you as a team almost feel guilty if you like take a break or you think you never can take a break, but at the end of the day, it's like you have to have that balance and establish that like mental capacity to give yourself a breather or you're going to run yourself into a wall. And I see that happen too. And then the person really disappears. So it's 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 kind of like you never want to stop going, but you have to stop going sometimes to take care of yourself. That's what happened with me. I, I, mm-hmm. I, hit, I hit a wall and I was really about to fall and like slip and fall off. But yeah. I caught myself like right before I let that happen. Good, good. And I and I think it's it's unfortunately the people who don't catch themselves before they fall that really kind of impact our scene and like whether we lose somebody to overdoses or mental illness or whatever, which has happened a fucking lot this past year, which sucks, yeah. absolutely sucks. It's just good to open that conversation and like check up on your homies, even though you're not seeing them at a festival and you're not seeing them here. Like it's still important to be like, hey, are you okay? Because half these people are literally just sitting at home alone and all they have is their fucking phone. Yeah. And a lot of them might be, they're not alone. Some of them are sometimes, and I've, I've seen with people who are like, who enable that type of stuff even more, just aren't like the best environment. So and it really is important to check up on people. Yeah. Just be kind, just be, you know. Again, you got to value relationships, friendships. Um, yes. Yeah. Really just always reach out to people, not even on like no business shit or like nothing like that. Just literally check up on people. Just you feel a lot care. better when you do check up like, on people. Yeah. And like have compassion. Like I just feel like, of course, there's other things that are coming into this factor of people being unemployed, of places like LA being completely shut down. Like people are pretty mad at the fucking world. They're mad at our government, X, Y, and Z. But I just hope when everything starts to like move back to normal, which I think it is moving in that direction, there will just be a reinstilled kind of aura of like compassion and kindness that we start to see not only on our phones, on social media, but as people start to see each other, it'll just get better. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Well, I want to thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on to talk today. I'm glad I could like hear about your quarantine times. We could talk about a little bit about your career. I'm going to link all of your music below. Everyone who's listening, please check out this phenomenal producer, Dirty Audio. And um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on today, Andrew. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much.